0: Good morning, good morning to all of my walkers today. Today is day number nine of our 21-day challenge. We are doing 21 days walk and talk all things adults with autism. Um, I have a special guest, a friend and colleague today, Owen Tharp uh, from UT Clee. And he is going to talk to us about a few different transition programs and pre-employment services and um, how to get connected with those, amongst other things. Um, So I just want to let everyone know that we are doing this walk and talk in conjunction with our virtual 5K race. Um, We had to do it a little bit differently this year with with the pandemic, in light of the pandemic, um, and we wanted to add a little bonus to it so that we can not only, um, you know, walk in support of adults with autism and autism breakthrough, but also learn a little bit more about um, some of the challenges that adults with autism and adults on the autism spectrum face. So that's why we're doing that here today. Um, I am Kendris Colebrook, the Executive Director of Autism Breakthrough, uh, and welcome. If this is your first time, you're in for a special treat, and if you've been walking with us for the past nine days, thank you. Keep it going. Um, invite a friend, call a friend, grab a friend, grab a family member, and have them come out and walk with you. So without any further ado, Owen, how are you this morning?
1: I'm doing all right, Kendris, How you doing?
0: Doing pretty good. Man, I am enjoying this beautiful fall day. All the leaves are falling, and they're just crunching under my feet. It's beautiful. Like, I don't want to walk back to the office when we finish this call. <laughs> 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 uh, I want to I escape. I want to spend the day frolicking in the leaves. Like, that's the kind of day I'm having. It's definitely feeling like a Friday. Oh, it's right a good fall now. Friday, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, who are you? What do you do? How did you get into this? Tell everybody.
1: Yeah, so so the, the mouthful title that we have here is I am East training coordinator at the University of Tennessee's Center for Literacy, Education, and Employment. We're kind of a smaller center off of the UT campus there. Um so what that really means is that I am training vocational rehabilitation agencies, um, training them on their you know, uh, kind of best practices as they're just starting to get involved with uh, vocational rehab, getting involved with clients. Um, this can be working with different types of disabilities, working with um, employers, you know, kind of breaking down some of those barriers and how to possibly get some accommodations and some modifications on the job. Um, let's see. So, so you asked how I got into this. So this one's, my background's a, a funny one, but as you look back at it, you can really kind of trace and say, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. I So I started college. I was, um, I was going to be a musician. I was dead set on that. Um, so, you know, as every musician, once, once you graduate, every musician has to have that part-time day job, you know, just just to make ends meet, uh, I got to school and you know, music at the same time. Music is very spotty, you know. You'd have you'd have a gig, you know, big nice nice gig, and then you may not see a gig for another month. Um, so I was still still deep involved in preschool, and I thought, you know, I enjoy this. Let's go back to school for this. So I got my master's in early childhood education. I was really focused on what was called informal education. It's that everyday learning that you can have in any sort of scenario. You know, you're digging out in the garden and you have an idea of informal education. Um, uh, So I I was trying to get a job at the local children's museum there, and that didn't happen. So my wife and I moved back here, and I was trying to get into the classroom. And as someone with a master's, I didn't qualify for the classroom. So I was trying to broaden my search a little bit, and an agency reached out to me kind of at the same time as they were starting a Project Search, which is an internship program. And I they, love Project Search. Mm, I know you do. Yeah. I hope we yeah, talk. That.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and they
1: were just starting their uh, pre employment transition services. So kind of serendipitous there. Um, so there's how all that background kind of loops in together. I've, I've been working in education for a long time, but it's, it's a different set of education. So
0: that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how you, um, you, you mentioned, oh my gosh, my brain, I saw a squirrel. <laughs> oh, <look at> <laughs> <laughs> I love that you mentioned the, um, what was that, the learning outside of the informal learning?
1: Informal um, education, at- yeah.
0: Informal education, and do you build like a lot of that into, well, I guess some of your programs incorporate informal education, um, and you do that in a way that feels a little bit natural, right?
1: How does that work? You know, so when I'm I'm working with my adult learners, um, I will try and say, you know, the more you talk, the more you interact, the less I have to talk, the more you're going to learn. and in that mm. case, it's always, every education setting will always be a little bit different. It's almost like improvising, you know? If you put two musicians together who have never been together, let's say you put a salsa musician with a R&B and soul musician, you know? Uh-huh. We're doing some kind of music that you may never have heard before. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's where um, I, I try to let the learners lead their learning. And then that, you know, Something beautiful can happen in those settings.
0: Yeah, that's, that's when a a jam session makes the number one record. I love it. I love it. And I love how, you know, fluid education and learning can be. And a lot of times when we think about adult learning, we don't think of it in the same ways as we do, you know, with children and, and the Montessori experience and all those different kinds of things. But Those things work for adults as well. And, you know, working with adults with autism, a lot of the learning, um, in my experience, for them, where they get the most out of it, is experiential. Um, Let's get to a place. Let's see what this situation is like. Um, You want to be a um, graphic designer. Let's go find some graphic designers and go to their office. And sit you at that computer in that environment to see, you know, if you really actually like doing the job, you like the idea of the job, but do you actually like doing it? Um, and I needed that as a, a, a youth coming up, trying to figure out what I wanted my career to be. Right? I think I was going to be like an engineer. I went to engineering camp a couple summers, hated it, and you know, I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing social work and different things like that. So. Um, you know, giving those experiences and, and learning in an environments that are conducive to what they will find um, in the workforce, um, it yields so much more success than we're going to sit you down, we're going to teach you a thing, we're going to train you on it, and we're going to let you go. That's not what we do, right?
1: No, big time. The, the second you add the word boring into the mix, you've lost
0: <laughs> the you Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, with with your with your experience in working with youth and young adults in those transition programs, um, can you give an, me an example of? Let's do Project Search. Um, Project Search um, was started at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Is it 1999, 1994? Oh, I get it. I always mix it up. 30, 30th uh, year, are they
1: going
0: on? 30th year. Okay. So, 90, 91, 94, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> I, I let that go when that engineering dream died, right? Same here,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they have been around for a very long time and it started um, by a nurse and a special education teacher. And so they were faced with um, difficulties in training people or or retaining employees um, in your entry-level position. And they were also finding difficulty in placing people with intellectual and developmental disabilities in jobs that had a future and and had a career path. And so the nurse and the special education um, uh, teacher administrator, they got together and said, hey, why don't we do this thing that we do with nurses and give them rotations. Um, so nurses, when they're in training, they do like a you know three month rotation in different departments um, so that they can learn all of the practical skills to do the job. Um, and then at that point, kind of choose where they wanna go and take their skills with them that they've learned um, working. And so when they developed Project SEARCH, they gave that same rotation model um, to the, the learners, the, to the interns, as we call them, um, with, with disabilities. Um, and they'll do three months in medical records and they'll do three months in food service and they'll do three months in sterile processing or, or whatever department um, that they choose. Um, and then they went beyond the hospital setting, uh, even into some of your um, hotel and hospitality management and entertainment, amusement parks. Um, Project SEARCH has been replicated all over the world. So I want to hear your story, and your experience, uh, Owen, with, with Project SEARCH a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I started in probably one of the smaller places around. Um, I was in the Blunt County Project SEARCH, which is at Maryville College, uh, which is a mm-hmm. smaller, I think it is a private college. Um, one of Project Search's criteria is um, you have to have, and I think it's over 200 employees to be considered a qualifiable Project Search site. I I think that Maribel College is in the low 200s of employees. For some reason, 212 is sticking out to me right now. Um, okay. So it's a much smaller setting and it's a much more mountainous setting, but, 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 It is a much more community-involved setting. Um, I learned from, and she will always be one of my favorites, one that I will always go back to, Tammy Heron. Um, She's been running that one, let's say six years now. That is a well-oiled machine. She has been working with those students. She knows pretty much all of her teachers going back to really elementary school. So you could kind of say she's had her hands in those students' learning since elementary school. Wow. And it shows, it hits home, you know, um, something and I'll, I'll always hit on my preschool background, but I've heard that it takes 27 times to tell a preschool or something before it sticks. I heard, oh. It takes somebody with a disability 72 times before something sticks. Wow. Yeah. Tammy will hit that home pretty much every day. As we leave that classroom, She'll say, "Give me, give me one safety rule. Give me one safety rule. What do we not do here?" You know. So she's hitting these things home. Um, uh, the other thing about that one is the community is so involved. Um, job development, job searching, almost really doesn't have to happen because we've brought that community in since day one. Um, they're they're really big on having what's called a business advisory council where. She's reached out to businesses around the community, you know, just to start for smaller things, you know, Hey, can we have an email pen pal so our interns can practice their email writing together and Love you know, it. Are, are emailing like the heads of McGee Tyson airport. Um, and the heads are saying, that's the best email I get all week. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they have their hands in all sorts of hotels, you know, they, they are in business networking, uh, groups around the area so the word about that project search gets out for how small it is the word gets out <clears throat> so I, learned- I,
0: love that. I love that are you there can you hear me i
1: am yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah i was just saying i love that community engagement um, a lot of times we associate you know getting a job with oh i filled out an application i sent them my information and leave it at that um, but often the best work um, and, and the, the time most well spent is making connections in uh, the business world, in the community. It's uh, oftentimes even for neurotypical people um, who you know to get a job who will tell you like, hey, they're applying or hey, my friend is good at this. I think they would be great for your company. Um, and that's what Project Search and, and other programs like it do. For the adults that we support and the youth in transition that we support is making those connections and the bigger our networks are, and even families can do this as advocates as well, you know, make a list of your friends, take stock of who you know and what they do uh, and what companies they're connected to because you would be surprised. Um, how many opportunities are there if we just ask and inquire and continue to bridge those, those gaps and those, and, and build those relationships.
1: Big time. I, I was watching a documentary on somebody who was job searching and she was doing the method that you said she was just pounding the pavement two and a mm-hmm. half years. She had been doing that. Wow. Nothing.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I like to do a blend. That's, that's my style. We're going to go at this at all different ways. We're going to, you know, send the, the new age thing of electronic communication applications. But if it's somewhere that you absolutely want to work and you want to work there and nowhere else, you've got to build those relationships. But, I, you know, my first job was, it was crappy, but um, it was a, a friend of my aunt. And I told my aunt, I said, hey, I'm looking for a job. You know anybody that's hiring? And she's like, well, what skills do you have? I was like, I don't know. I'm a high schooler. (laughs) I I can count. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Um, And she's like, well, let me call my friend Carolyn. And Miss Carolyn worked at International Paper um at the time and she knew everybody in the city and she was like oh they have a job they're here go there talk to so-and-so and tell them you know me and the next day I was in a uniform and and you know making funnel cakes <laughs> yes <laughs> in a you funnel know. Cake uh-huh. but it was definitely who I knew and if I didn't use my network um even though I didn't build that network myself but I tapped into you know the network of others around me who knew me who could vouch for me. Um, I was able to get that first job and learn so many cool things. <laughs> well, cool, so cool, cool. Well, Project Search. Did you have more about Project Search?
1: Uh, no, I did not.
0: Okay, tell me a little about a little bit about pre-employment transition services. Um, This is a fairly new program to um, Tennessee um, as a, you know, fee-for-service thing, but the concepts are quite familiar um, to what we do in supported employment. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with with pre-employment transition?
1: Yeah, so let's say I started with that in about 2017. I want to say it came to the state maybe 2015, um, uh-huh. and, and what it is, is you can kind of move the words around. I like doing that a lot. It's, and it's employment services for people who are transitioning out of high school, you know, into Lovely. something else there. Um, let's see, off the top of my head, they, they kind of categorize those and branch those out. That's, um, and when we say services, you can really kind of look at these as classroom units Uh, So that would be job readiness, uh, work based learning, uh, secondary counseling, uh, self-advocacy and work readiness skills, um, which which Mm -hmm. like soft skills there. Um, My so my initial experience with that was uh, writing the curriculum on it. Um, Really, we at the agency, they said, hey, we're getting into pre-ETS. Uh, the first one he said was, hey, can you write me a lesson on signing up for, it was like social security cards. I mean, as yeah. black and white boring as it possibly could be. So I had to try to jazz that one up a lot. Um, <laughs> he had uh, kind of set me loose and said, hey, uh, we need a curriculum on this. Give me 12 topics. So yeah. Yeah, that that was my whole summer was was writing um, writing curriculum based on this. And you know, if if we want to talk and kind of bring that uh, informal education in there, one thing that I did a lot of was was teaching through games. Um, yeah. And you might look at it as an outsider and say, "Man, you have twelve kids in here playing Yahtzee. Uh, how in the world can I pay for this?" Um, mm-hmm. but- As we're thinking about Yahtzee, you've said it yourself. You are not good at math. I am not good at math myself. If you're looking, Mm -hmm. you know, you're having to add, you're having to subtract, you're having to kind of look at these numbers that you have and look at probabilities there, you know. For sure. So much better to me than, hey, man, here's 12 questions on probability, you know, 80% passes. um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is how I
0: see
1: it. I love that. Say that again. Well, I was going to say, I have seen some of the most beautiful things happen there. Um, one, one last story that I'll give you here is I, I would give people these challenges, you know, like we're, hey, we're having to work in groups and here's a hat, here's some challenges. One of them, this group got, um, this guy could, they, they were building a structure together and okay. one guy, he could, he can only use one hand, okay, and the girl he was with, she had, she couldn't build, but she had to give instructions with her back to the structure. Okay. Mm. What she did, this blows my mind. She took <laughs> a dead iPad. She turned it around, used it as a mirror and directed him <laughs> on how to use that. <laughs> I'm getting it. chills telling you that because like, yeah. how in the world can you teach somebody to do that? She just did it he just did it
0: instinctually. I got a, a problem. I'm going to solve it. I'm going to improvise. I love that. Life's yeah. <laughs>
1: this is why I love this classroom, you know, because you, you have these chances that could have crashed and burned. But if it did, <laughs> all we do is just pick ourselves up and start again, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, uh, my early career, I worked with children and doing behavioral counseling. And I did that through games. A lot of times we played um, Candyland, but every uh, color you land on has a different feeling associated with it. So we got to talk about those you know, while playing the game, and with Yahtzee being competitive, like, okay, I'm going to figure this out, because I want (laughs) to win. So, yeah, I I totally get that, and that works. Um, We talked about recreation therapy earlier this week, and that plays right into that um, informal learning, and and recreation, and all kinds of things that can help in, in several different areas. Very cool, very cool. So, what do you do? You're, you're training advocates. You're training job coaches now, right? What sure are, am, what are some of those things? What are some of the things that you're training them on? I'm sure, you know, your your teaching style uh, influences some of that, but what are some of the topics that um, your lessons cover?
1: So, the one that I'm working on right now is um, Down syndrome in employment, so looking at uh, kind of characteristics of Down syndrome, some individuality in Down syndrome, uh, looking at um, how can we break down barriers. Breaking down barriers is, is one of the bigger things. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of it will be, you know, looking at different kinds of disabilities you may work with, um, different mm-hmm. ways we may job develop now. Um, we, we did a big series about virtual job development and how we may kind of approach businesses now. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, that is always going to be a theme in everything that I ever do will be the power of the observer. If you know how to be an observer of anything, the answers will come to you. I don't care what you're observing. If you observe, the answers will come to you. I love it.
0: I love it. You build it, they will come, you watch, Mm -hmm. you'll learn you'll definitely learn. And as advocates, we have to sometimes just take a moment, um, kind of like I am right now, and just look around like, wow, man, this is beautiful. Um, but there, in, that, in that moment, you gain understanding. Um, and with understanding, you have some more tools um, to forge forward and to advocate um, for the adults with autism that you support. Um, and even encourage them, you know, hey, let's watch. Let's watch this. You know, you want to work at GameStop because you like games, but let's go in there and watch the workers and see what they're doing. Do you actually like what they're doing? Um, you know, and you may get a yes, and you may get a, oh heck, now I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> um, so, so it's, it's, that's that's an awesome, um, awesome framework to work work from. Um, all right, let's see. How can people connect? Um, to some of these training opportunities and, and get involved?
1: Well, um, if we are talking Project SEARCH, Project mm-hmm. SEARCH has, we'll call it 2.5 models. Um, we've got the student model, which is um, the one that I started out with, where you have an actual teacher within that school setting who is kind of your, your Project SEARCH coordinator. So. If your school has it, it's really as easy as reaching out to that teacher there. Um, if your school doesn't have it, it's as easy as still reaching out to that school. Um, I, when I was still in that field, I had just a bunch of people saying, hey, we're interested in a project search. Um, we have a business, what do you got? And they may have started it within that next year. If you have someone who is older than you we'll say 22 now, so getting into the adult model. Um, if you are in the only adult models that I know of in this East area, uh, kind of more Upper East area would be our Knoxville ones. Um, and we have our kind of governing body of it, which would be the KAEC or uh, uh, Knoxville Area Employment Consortium. Um, Kendrice, you know the, the website address better than yeah.
0: I know, but- it is k a e c t n dot o r g. Great resource. It is also linked in the email that I sent out this morning. So k a e c t n dot o r g.
1: Yeah. So so those guys are are the ones. If you want if you want to get into a, a project search, just reach out to them. They'll take your application and you know get you and get you contacted to the people there. Um, the other thing that I think about is you can visit them. I, I hear, I'm talking to my uh, project search directors all the time. They're saying, yeah, I've got a, I've got somebody coming out for a visit. I'm giving a tour tomorrow. I'm giving three tours, you know, so they'll tour you around so you can see what's going on in them.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And what about pre-ETS? What if we still have some people that are in that, uh, was it 14 to 22 age range who are still in high school? How do they get signed up with pre-ETS?
1: Yeah, so uh, Priets may be a little easier than Project SEARCH. The only, we'll say the only two things that you need are um, some sort of uh, verified documentation of disability. So that could be an individual education plan, 504 plan, or I've seen them even uh, doctor's notes. So if you have that, that can totally qualify you there. Um, the other thing is, if you're under 18, signed parent permission, just that says, hey, my child is allowed to attend these there. Um, they, they want pre in every single school, but I, I don't know if they're in every single school. Um, last I heard, there was like 45,000 students with IEPs, and they may have only served 12,000 or so. Um, so if Yeah, you- that, that
0: sounds about right.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a conversation either with um, the, the teachers that are administering it through, through an agency or if you don't have it at your school, all you got to do is reach out to your uh, special education coordinator. Um, pretty much what will happen is they'll reach out to somebody like you guys, autism, and say, um, can you provide this? Yes, no, yes, okay, then when can you come into the school?
0: Yeah. And the cool thing about now is we have in-person classes and virtual classes. Uh, Breakthrough is at five schools in the Knoxville area um, right now. uh, And we are doing both. Um, So in our virtual classes, we have some students who um, go to different schools in the same, in the same class. So we're, we're coordinating our curriculum for those um, virtual learners. And I think some of the other, Um, partner agencies are as well so um, definitely a great opportunity to to learn and and to work on those skills in any environment at any age really um so cool very cool very cool let me see is there anything else owen that you would like to share with us um anything about clee for professionals
1: well so um you How do
0: we sign up for your classes that you teach?
1: Um, so if, if you are an agency, then it's it's pretty easy. We send out emails regularly. And if you if you don't, if you're not a part of those emails, my email is otharp, T-H-A-R-P, the number one, at utk.edu. Um, they're free. So it's as easy as really just signing up and getting in before a classroom fills. Um, The other thing that UT CLE does, and I've I've just barely been involved in this, but um, they are very, very big on professional development for um, educators, uh, special educators. So they are constantly running uh, virtual professional development events. Um, So Partners in Education, the CTE, the Professional Development for Healthy Schools, they're constantly doing that. So the the website, oh my gosh, and I don't have this right in front of me, but it's C-L-E-E. If you just uh, Google U-T-C-L-E-E, that will bring you to our website, and we we keep that pretty well up to date on happenings and going ons at uh, UT Clay. Awesome,
0: awesome. Well, thank you so much, Owen, for sharing with us. Um, your stories have been wonderful and inspiring. I've learned a lot Um, because, you know, I didn't consider some things about informal learning, um, but I do it, you know, but I just didn't have a label for it. I didn't have a title for it. Um, So I love that. Um, And it's definitely great information for um, advocates to connect um, and learn a little bit more um, and, and help. And help. Cool. So this comes to the end of our walk and talk for today, our 21 for 21 challenge. Um, thank you so much for participating. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being advocates um, for all things adults with autism. Um, we are in this together for sure, okay? Um, for tomorrow, make sure you grab someone, let them know we're doing this walk and talk. And we're also tomorrow, 10 o'clock, Going to be 10 a.m. going to be at Turkey Creek um, at the Regal Cinemas parking lot. We're going to do a small walk together. Um, Please be sure to wear your mask if you're coming out and socially distance. Um, And if you have already registered for the race, your t shirts will be there um, so you can put those on as well. All right. Well, y'all have a great day. Thank you once again, Owen. I really appreciate you.
1: Thanks, Kendris. It was fun.
0: All right. See you soon.